Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable Word of God? Thank you for allowing me into your day today and hopefully we're going to start off this day together or maybe finish this day together depending on when you're listening to this. But we'll do so on the right note with a little biblical instruction to help us think of life correctly. One of the reasons why I've remarked that I love the Bible because it's written in terms of human experience. It's not written in just some encyclopedic form, but it tells us about how, uh, uh, what, how God thinks and how he has revealed himself to us and what he expects of us. Well, if you've been reading in the Bible reading program thus far this year, we've been in the book of Genesis, of course, at the beginning of the year through the Bible reading plan. Recently, we have been in Genesis chapter 25, and I thought this would be a good place. Some people have commented on how they like having some devotionals touch on things that they're reading, and so I wanted to take some time to do that today and just reflect a little bit on Genesis 25. But for the theme of the podcast today, I'm taking that from the book of 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, which I believe has relevant application to what we're looking at today. The Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And I quote that verse because it has direct reference to what the, to the activities and the people that you meet in Genesis 25. Because there, you're introduced to Isaac and Rebekah's children, whose name, of course, are Jacob and Esau. We are told that Esau was a real skillful hunter. He was a man of the field. He enjoyed being in the outdoors. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there was something that was, there, that was amiss in his life. And I'm going to comment on that in a moment. Jacob, on the other hand, was a quiet man dwelling in tents, the scripture says. He was an individual that was not so big of an outdoorsman at all. Uh, so Esau, the outdoorsman, Jacob preferred staying at home. In verse 28 of Genesis 25, it tells us something unfortunate that will play into the future problems that you read about as you go through Genesis. The Bible tells us Isaac loved Esau because he really enjoyed eating some of that good deer meat and venison that Esau would, would uh, kill. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Uh, and that information tells you, goes a long ways to explaining some of the storm clouds that are really brewing in the family at this point. Uh, if you read chapter 25 of Genesis, you'll remember that Jacob is cooking some stew one day and Esau comes in from the field exhausted and hungry. And Esau literally says to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I'm exhausted. Uh, Jacob's response is, and I don't know what other conversation took place, but Jacob's response was, well, sell me your birthright right now. Now, that's an, that's an, that's an amazing thing to say to your brother. I mean, have you ever thought what Jacob did there? Uh, he's named aptly as the deceiver, but uh, what Jacob means, but... Uh, you know, just think about this. If your brother's been hunting and he comes back into the home, he's exhausted and he's starving and he says, can I have some of that food you've been cooking? Well, you've got to sell your entire life to me, basically, is what Jacob is saying uh, for one meal. And I think the only thing other more staggering than that is that Esau makes the deal. He makes the trade. Uh, now, let me comment a little bit on the Old Testament concept of a birthright. A birthright just didn't mean that 
that the firstborn son received a double portion of his father's inheritance. It does. It didn't just mean that he would receive double the possessions, double the property, double the wealth of anything the other children would receive. The birthright was materially valuable, but a birthright went even beyond that. It was a spiritual inheritance where the one who has the birthright is responsible for the intercession of his family before God Almighty. There is a spiritual reality there where you are to be the leader, you are to be the one who who keeps God front and center in your entire family and just makes intercession for everybody there. There is a huge responsibility there that was primarily spiritual and secondarily material. But we discover something very true in this in this exchange that happens. Uh, Jacob, of course, is a fairly despicable person for what he's doing here. But Esau's fault as well is that he despises his birthright. In verse 32 of Genesis 25, Esau, it said, uh, the scripture says, literally said, I'm about to die, and of what use is this birthright to me? Uh, Are we dramatic much? Uh, It seems that way with Esau, just an overstatement of the whole thing, that he's about to die And what good will his birthright do for him? Now, I want to remark that he asked that question, and just by verbalizing that very question, it really betrays or reveals that in his heart, he sets very little store, very little value by what that birthright really means. Apparently, Esau was such a man of the field and the outdoors that he had not a spiritual bone in his body. There was nothing there that longed to have that responsibility of being the spiritual leader of his family. I mean, it's unbelievable for Jacob to swindle his brother from his birthright for a meal, but it's more unbelievable that Esau agrees, indicating that Esau literally was so in love with this world that he was willing to forsake the next for what this world has to offer. Boy, is that true even today in many people's lives. I might as well sell you my birthright because I'm I'm about to die. It really doesn't matter much to me. It's not that important. And Esau is saying what we often will say, that we're starving to death. But he's hungry. He's exhausted. Uh, he is in a time of physical weakness, and he trades something that's very valuable for something temporary and of far little value uh, by comparison, a bowl of soup. Well, the scene ends with the declaration uh, at the end of the chapter where it says that Esau despised his birthright. There was a worldliness there. Esau was a man of the flesh. He was not a man of faith. He is a man who made all his choices and his decisions based on what it had to offer him right that very moment. There was no eternity in view. There was no spiritual Uh, uh, importance or hierarchy or priority of God in his life. He was all wrapped up in what this world had to offer him. The birthright involved a spiritual blessing, and he revealed such a lack of appreciation for spiritual things when he says, what profit is this going to give to me? 
John was correct in 1 John 2 when he said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Esau was a man who lived for the flesh. Can I challenge you and encourage you today? Don't make your priority in life and your decisions that you make based on the things that this world might have to offer you. Rather, value the things that God said are going to make a difference for eternity. I mean, Esau lost a whole lot more than just double the sheep or double the camels when he made this decision. Because his mind was not set on faith but on flesh, he lost out on some of the richest blessings that God could have given any person in this world. And he devalued the things that were most important. The Bible calls in Hebrews chapter 12, commenting on this exact scene, Hebrews 12 verses 16 and 17, God calls Esau a fornicator and a profane person because he loved this world. What do you love today? Where is your affection? Where is the thing? What is the thing that you value most highly? Do you value your walk with the Lord? Do you value the time spent reading your Bible? Do you time value the time spent praying, being a testimony for the Lord? My friends, that's what's the most important thing that you could ever live for in this life. And if you invest your life in those things, then you're going to inherit a birthright of rich, rich blessing. Walk with God today, will you? Keep Him as the, as the, at the forefront of your attention, as the one whom you long to know better, even today, in all that you do. God bless you. 